how did that creative spirit come out in you? Was it something from your brother, your family? Like, where does that come from? Have you ever met a homeschooled kid? <laughs> <laughs> Which we love. <laughs> Beatitudes. Welcome back to another week of the Beatitudes. I am Jeff Shufflebein. I'm with Nick Besner. What's up? And Paul Coker. Howdy, howdy. I threw you off. I went yeah, different no, direction you, there. You mixed it up. It's called improv. <laughs> and uh, we're so excited to be having this show today where we talk about authentic fraternity. How can we follow God's will and seek to grow in virtue while we're also growing together in humor and holiness? And as I said to somebody the other day, we have wit, wisdom, and just about everything in between. So, welcome to the Beatitudes. We have a really special guest joining us today. You're super special. A cool dude. Yes. So special. Yeah. <laughs> this he, is... He knows it. Watch it. <laughs> <laughs> Anthony D'Ambrosio. Well done. D'Ambrosio. Yeah. Yeah. Bravo. What's your middle name? Uh, Francesco. Molto bene. Seriously. <laughs> oh, man. This just got really thick in here. <laughs> So, uh, and you're social? No, just kidding. <laughs> hey, so we're excited to have you. In. You're in, t in town from Denver, Colorado. What brought you to the beautiful Dallas? I mean, it's your hometown, but what brought you here for this trip? I mean, the Beatitudes. Thanks, you. Really, yeah. This is it right here. <laughs> clearly, clearly it was us. I couldn't tell if you said Beatitudes, which I that said would dudes. be. Okay, because I don't know if you're just living in virtue. Yeah. And <laughs> yeah. Um, he yeah. is always blessed. I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm blessed. I'm blessed. <laughs> he's no, meek. I, he's <laughs> poor in spirit. Yeah. You know Anthony. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You I named mean, two of them. <laughs> we, we, really all, we ought to learn all oh, eight man. of those if we're going to go by that name. <laughs> <laughs> I know all the dudes. <laughs> ah, yeah, fair enough. <laughs> Anthony, what brought you here? Yeah, so I'm working on a uh, feature-length film about Maximilian Colby, and I'm doing some screenings of our, um, our proof-of-concept 20-minute film here in Dallas, so... That's what brought me into town. What drew you to Colby? Colby is a, uh, I mean, his his desk, for one. I don't know if you've ever seen, have you guys seen pictures of his desk? No. You've oh, just no. really thrown a curveball wow. at me. Yeah, yeah. I was yeah. not like, expecting that. Uh, are, you, are you talking about the upper right drawer? Like, I don't know. So he, he actually, there's pictures of him um, that just make everybody who is a creative, entrepreneurial type feel very at home. He has... <sighs> Just the most messy, chaotic desk that you've ever seen. Nice. Just like stacks of papers everywhere and all sorts of knickknacks. And it's just in the middle of this chaos, like just absolutely a piece. So, yeah. I think mm. right now you're probably the expert in the room on mm. Colby. Mm -hmm. Is that fair to say? Right. Yeah. Okay. There's a lot of people listening who maybe have a pretty good idea, but there's plenty of people listening who've never even heard of Maximilian Colby. Who are we talking about? You mean the people who haven't heard of him? I, I don't know those people. <laughs> <I'm just kidding>. <laughs> <laughs> Name them. <laughs> wow. This is a, uh, yeah. Curveball. Curveball. Yeah. No, man. Uh, Johnny, I know you're listening. <laughs> you still owe me five bucks. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, he's a um, he was a Franciscan friar in Poland that was sort of like the bishop baron um, of his time and age during uh, pre World War II era. He was just a, a creative savant that uh, innovative innovated in the printing press, had the biggest uh, Catholic distribution network in Poland, extended that to Nagasaki and 
uh, because why not, you know, just yeah. let's go over there without any money or anything and just learn Japanese and start a paper, you know, awesome. um, that's no, his, no that's Google his translate for no him. Google translate, <laughs> just, uh, no chat GBT, just, you know, just, uh, just Learning. some friars, yeah. some Polish friars. I think that would be really interesting accent. The Polish Japanese friar accent. You got a couple of minutes to work on that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'll, yeah. I'll yeah. That let's pull that out. one together yeah. in, um, in a non-offensive way. Yeah, but he actually is most famous for, um, he was brought into Auschwitz when the, the Nazis came into Poland, rolled in, and um, they were trying to cull all sort of Polish national identity. And so they would bring in, before the, the Jewish extermination, it was mainly political leaders and uh, media giants, etc. So he was brought in, and um, during that season, that time, they were trying to sort of fray the the Polish brotherhood and the Polish national identity. So one of the things that they would do, they play all these mind games. One of those was if somebody escaped uh, from Auschwitz, they would pull 10 people at random to die from that person's bunkhouse and they would starve them to death in a starvation bunker. And so he, um, in the face of this kind of um, maniacal mind game, um, called the Nazis on it and uh, showed Polish Brotherhood was still very strong by um, volunteering to join the other nine men uh, and saving one man's life uh, in that cell and dying with him. So, uh, yeah, he's a, a, a Polish hero and his the, the national identity of Poland is something that's very, that remembers him with a lot of pride. Yeah, there's something universal about him, too. I mean, people from all different backgrounds can recognize that sacrifice, that love, that unity and brotherhood that wasn't rooted in, do we all have this? Do we all come from the same street? Do we all believe the same thing? It was more of like his love of humanity is, is a sacrifice. Yeah. So <laughs> you're here to promote a film. How do you go from, you, you know a little bit about Maximilian Colby to somehow now this is probably a huge part of your life? Yeah, so I mean that's a, it's a a long story. I'll see if I can pack it together in something that's that's fun. Um, but he, I would say that that Colby was somebody that that really chose me. I didn't really know much about him um, before I started re- working on a script. Um, the truth was that I was w- was working on uh, consulting with the Diocese of Dallas on a big youth and young adult initiative that they were doing, and we decided that we wanted to. Uh, do a theme that was built around suffering and that we were looking for saint stories that really could help us to enter into that mystery. And so the the idea of a 12 Angry Men style, what are the conversations that are happening behind the scenes inside of the cell um, as Colby is pastoring these men who are facing their death um, and facing their, you know, a really dark experience of grief. And um I was going through a really tough time at the time, and uh, I think that this this was a way that Colby, in, in many ways, just sort of chose me to uh, to to bring out his story. Yeah, you know, to keep going on this, what you just described was not the part that Colby volunteers himself, although that's critical to the entire narrative of what this man has done and why he's a saint. But uh, you described what happened once once they got inside of the starvation cell. Is there documentation around this is it uh interpretive or do you feel inspired by some of like how you've gotten deep into who colby is you know you're at the desk of colby and and this stuff comes to light i've I've never heard any of these details how did this come to be the story inside that cell yeah so um there there are quite a few details actually that they give us you know 
whenever you're doing something like this, you have to read between the lines and you have to make yeah. conjectures. But there was a, a Polish prisoner who was uh, the janitor, basically, of the, of the jail block and who was a, an eyewitness to a lot of the things that were happening inside of the cell. So we don't know exactly what the conversations were, but we do know that these men went in in various states of shock and despair. We do know that they were of different backgrounds, um, mainly political prisoners, uh, but with wide varieties of, of, um, of political beliefs. You know, you would have had uh, people who were part of the Communist party and people who were revolutionaries that were more on like the right-wing fascist side and whatever. So this is like every walk of, of life, all the political rivals that were present in Auschwitz at the time. So you would, have, yeah, we know that there's um, the, the kind of person that would have been in the cell with mm-hmm. Colby. And we know that he brought them to a point where they were all singing uh, Catholic hymns, reciting Catholic, uh, we're, we're reciting um, Polish poetry, um, praying the rosary together and that they lasted uh, various, you know, they died slowly, but that um, they lasted all the way to 14 days, which is, a, you know, an absolute feat considering that there was no water, no food. It was complete exposure. They were thrown in naked. So um, what he was able to do and the way that that affected the morale of the other people in Auschwitz was was very well documented. Wow. Uh this is a proof of concept film. What does that even mean? Yeah, so um, you it, a lot of times when you're trying to, to make a, a movie, the best thing to do is to make something short that gives a little taste of what that is going to be. And uh, so we made a 20-minute short film that, was, uh, that gives you some of the story beats that takes you into the feeling and into the cell um, as best we could without you know, the bigger budget. But, so we did that in 2018 alongside this project with the Diocese of Dallas, and uh, we're doing screenings of that to sort of um, give it a little taste of what the feature-length full movie is going to be like. Drum up some excitement yeah. from people. And, and Paul was in it. Yeah. yeah. If you make it to the final credits, I don't I don't know what happens. Do people like immediately turn off or they start donating? Because it says Paul Kolker is German. <laughs> yeah. Right? Yeah. I what love your that line? you cast. No, I don't want to. I don't want to say it. <laughs> oh, it was. Oh, you were a bad German. Yeah, I was a bad yeah, German. Never mind. Yeah. Never mind. Yeah. I was like, who do Fair. I know? We don't need that, that sound can be a Nazi. Paul. Yeah. Paul. Yeah. yeah. Why, why was I your first choice? Expreka, <laughs> though. I do. I do speak like a very little bit of it's German. Because you hadn't yet developed that character that goes from Poland to Japan, so he had to cast you as just the german that's it yeah, yeah. in yeah. between yeah work harder paul. i mean look at you paul look at you I, i'm very german. perfect aryan yeah, yeah. yeah. wow <laughs> no please come, come, let's let's cut, cut that, that and take it back paul is so funny because he has this joyful spirit and this big smile and we make a logo that makes him look serious and he's like what is this and we're like paul just go with it okay, it's yeah. ironic it's, uh, yeah you're the serious one yeah yeah so now anthony you're doing these screenings you are trying to Raise awareness. You're, I mean, is this, you need funding. What's going on? How can people get involved in this? Yeah, so great question. Um, you know, this is a, a movie takes a lot of work and you're recreating an entire world. And so uh, we're raising right now $440,000 to both shoot the film uh, and then also to, to market it. And uh, 
the most important thing that uh, people can do for us right now is to pray. Um, I think that praying for the intercession of Colby, who uh, himself was planning on making a TV station and getting into movies well before EWTN was a thing. Um, <laughs> this is the guy that would have made that happen had World War II not go down. So, um, yeah, to pray for, for his intercession to be able to tell the story. But then also um, we're looking for, for funding. So if there's anybody listening to this that uh, has, you know, uh, $250,000 to kind of throw around, um, play with, and <laughs> feel free to uh, give me a call. I'm, scratch <laughs> out I'm fresh out. I'm fresh out of my $250,000 bills. But uh, <laughs> one thing I want to say, Anthony, because we worked a little bit uh, together on some of the investing side of this project, and, and I think it's important, one, at least I'm, a, I'm an investor by background, and one of the things that really stood out to me was the the – smart approach you took in terms of budget and film. Do you want to just like expand on that a little bit? Sure. Yeah. So um, I think that there's a, a really big, uh, everybody in the Catholic world, I think, wants to see media that makes us feel proud to be Catholic. We want to see stories of our saints and we want to see that Catholic identity actually lived out through stories of our heroes. But the problem is one of the reasons why it it's not really happening very much. I don't think it's because of a lack of talent. I think it's because of the economics that when you're doing a Saint film in, you know, in the, the media realm in the world of, of uh, Hollywood, you call that a period piece, which means you're recreating an entire historical era. And that's a very expensive type of film or story to tell. And so a lot of Saint stories are very expensive and, um, right now we're kind of at the beginnings of our, our Holly, our Catholic Hollywood ecosystem, right? Like we, we have not really developed, a, a network like, um, the way that the secular world has for distributing Catholic film. Um, we're not, we're still way behind the evangelical world in this as well. So that means that we need to be very smart and very nimble with the sort of projects that, that we try to, to make. And so, um, yeah, we've done this 12 angry men style thing where, uh, most of the conversations or most of the movie is is based in the conversations that are happening inside of the cell as Colby is trying to fight to forge a brotherhood of hope with uh, the nine other men in the darkest place in the world. Uh, and so this sort of concept allows us to uh, not be making massive concepts. We're not having to shut down an entire street to, you know, get that one wide angle shot before we go into, into his office or something. Um, we or, don't have to or go find like car fanatics <laughs> who have 1940s cars right. and, and all of that and get them right. all to come by. Yeah. Well, yeah. you know, I think the answer to this is let's just get Paul on his pathway to sainthood as quickly as possible, which also involves your passing, but, um, sorry, what can he become a saint before dying though? Would you, I would the, like to see that. Then, then he could play himself in the movie. But, oh. but my point to this, Paul, yes. is we don't need a period piece. We got so much film of you, we would just start splicing it up and immediately have a low-budget, high-impact film. I would yeah. watch it. Yeah. But I, but I have to die, right? <laughs> <laughs> we could arrange well, that Minor well. details. Brother. Minor details. <laughs> Paul, it's death. There has to be miracles attributed to you. I mean, there's oh, all sorts yeah. of like... Somebody has to move to Rome and advocate for my sainthood. I just get busy, okay? Get okay, all right. I'll, I'll start being holier. <laughs> all right, so in the spirit of Maximilian Colby and his crazy creativity and the desk, man, I, I think everybody's Googling the desk. They were going to break the internet right now. Um, we would like to play a game with you that's also very creative, and this is an improv game. You're going to be the judge, Anthony. So okay. uh, Judge Anthony is here. Uh, the bonus <laughs> round you are playing, so get, right. the, get your brain working. 
Paul's going to read a character card and a question. We'll have nine seconds on the guitar clock. And from there, we're going to jump in and you're going to see who wins. Paul, what's our prompt? As a crazy cat lover, what is wrong with kids today? They only have one life. (laughs) (laughs) They're too busy flying around. (laughs) Feline. Feline around. Definitely went for the pun. Yeah. (laughs) I'll tell you what's wrong with kids today. They don't understand how to clean themselves. Why, why is she from like Tyler, Texas or something? Like, they all are now that they are not Australian. And if you're just listening, I think I actually licked my hand and wiped my eyebrows. Yeah, so it's you, getting weird. You it? did. I think the problem is that they all think they're cats. I think you just took it. Anthony wins. Yeah. Where's the where's the applause? Oh, Have you seen Anthony the tails they're wearing these days? <laughs> these tails. You got a tail. You got a man bun tail. Oh, oh come on, come on. It. Different kind of tail. Oh my goodness. So uh this is really strange. You don't even get to judge because you won. Yeah, you took it. A <laughs> question for you in your quest to understand Colby. Do you wear Colby socks? Uh, I do. I do, but not today. Okay, well then, the socks that you're getting this day from Sock Religious are St. Anthony. So <laughs> Just don't lose them. <laughs> yeah, just That's a say. joke you're going to have to go look up if you don't know anything about St. Anthony. So here's your socks right. from Sock Religious. Sock right. Religious is actually an official nice. partner of the Beatitudes. You can check out... The sacrilegious ca- catalog of socks, including St. Anthony, to be like our guest, go to sacrilegious.com slash Beatitudes. you get 10% off, and you'll be a part of the Beatitudes with Sacrilegious. Stick around. We'll be right back. Welcome back, everybody. Uh, Anthony, I've got to ask. I'm an accounting major uh, nice. by background. Couldn't be more different than going out and being a creative and making film and art. And I saw you have a children's book. Um, when was ha- the first time you ever fell in love with a spreadsheet? Oh, man. <laughs> <laughs> I, when, when, would, when did I get my first computer? I don't know. 1996? <laughs> the little Nick. Like everybody else is playing Oregon Trail, and he's just, like, hitting multiplication tables. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> That's right. Lock the taskbar, Mama. <laughs> Lock the taskbar. There it is. Nick, don't like it. Lock, Lock the, the taskbar. Task <laughs> That's for our older demographic. <laughs> You're so Gen X. <laughs> yeah. Feels good. Feels good. Uh, but Anthony, yeah. as someone who never had that growing up or, or that, you know, desire as, as I, you know, pursued my passions, how, how did that creative spirit come out in you? Was it something from your brother, your family? Like, where does that come from? You ever met a homeschooled kid? (laughs) (laughs) Which we love. (laughs) Hey, does it amplify because you're a twin? (laughs) It does. It does. I've got bad, a bad, I guess, I don't know, bad experience or or, uh, uh, my, my 
best, you know, one of my best friends who was homeschooled actually was an accounting major <laughs> with me. So, oh, went so the other direction. Went the other way. Yeah. He had more time for spreadsheets. But, see, that's, that's what you call a rebellious homeschool. Oh, okay. Okay. <laughs> Stop with the spreadsheets, John. John with the man <laughs> getting into the spreadsheets. <laughs> but, Mom, I want my life to be structured and orderly. <laughs> going to sum up everything you just said to me? I, I really want to know the answer to this question. No, we're just going to keep making jokes. We're going to riff on this for another 35 minutes. So yeah, no, I, I grew up in a very, um, a very creative, um, yeah, home. My dad was a, a theologian. He taught and we moved here to Dallas um, when he got a job teaching at University of Dallas. And so um, we were involved in the Highlands and then we were involved in uh, sort of like a, a community homeschool community out here and um basically for me what that just meant was i just read all day every day that was like all i did um at least in the early years i was just a an obsessive voracious reader so um i think that my relationship with books is really where creativity uh came about and i think that um part of that was you know reading c.s lewis reading tolkien uh, beginning to understand how deeply stories could not just impact me but uh could create uh i guess a really deep impact on a on a values level for other people i think from a very young age i i started to understand that and started to step uh set my sights on wanting to to follow in the footsteps as well what what you just said reminds me of something i remember learning back in in a college course about saint augustine where his confessions are so universal because they go so deep mm-hmm so the fact that he dives deeply into himself, like into his heart and the, the inner workings of his of his own mind and psychology and all of that, that it becomes this universal story that everybody can yeah, relate humanity to. Humanity transcends our differences. Right, right. Yeah. But the, the, the deeper you go, it, you also end up going broader as well. That's Yeah, there's yeah. a rule in writing that the uh, universal is found in the particular, and that basically just means that the more specific you are as mm. a writer or as a creative the more universal your your story or your piece of art is going to be. Say it again. The universal is found in the particular. Yes. That's great. Yeah. yeah. That's. I didn't on, make it up. Put I that mean, on a bumper sticker, yeah. though, uh, if it's not already there. Uh, you didn't make up any of this, but you're helping us. You're right. helping all of us, all the Beatitudes in America and beyond. Yeah. <laughs> in yeah, America. Yeah. Why did you become George W. Bush when you said that? In America. I think I become George W. Bush every time I say America, America. too. It's America. hard not to. Right? It's really hard, yeah. I mean, there's just something about it. <laughs> now watch this drive. <laughs> watch this drive. Hey, so <laughs> you're also a catalyst for creative movements within the faith. Talk about this whole history of how you launched what is really still today a thriving underground of connections among people of the ca- of the creative type. Yeah, so when I was... Um, I did I did I went to seminary and then after I went to seminary I was doing youth ministry and trying to figure out what was next for me and I got involved in the startup community I was um, participating in in agency life a marketing agency here in Dallas and um, I just found that there was something so refreshing about the hopefulness of that world and uh, the way that it embraced creativity as a way to to solve problems and mm-hmm. I didn't see that that culture of that can-do attitude culture very present in the Catholic world. And so uh, I was looking for my tribe in a lot of ways, and I, I was like, 
what if what if we created a community of people that there has to be other people out there that that are um, the wacky sort of creative types that are willing to take risks and little little, little live a little different um, you know live outside the spreadsheet if you will no offense hey. Nick and um, hey. and you should see what he can do with the spreadsheet <laughs> although this is true I have seen what he can do and it is amazing it's amazing so um, anyway I I invited uh, a group of friends to come together in, in Dallas and was like, hey, bring an ugly church bulletin and a six pack and we're going to uh, fix the ugly bulletin problem in the Catholic church, which um, as you probably know mm. and are aware has not fixed yet. But um, we did fix a, a problem that was upstream of that, which was that um, there really wasn't a place for creatives uh, to gather in the church or to find their their connections. And so um, that event went viral. People were shipping us bulletins um, from Minnesota as if uh, we needed more ugly bulletins <laughs> to understand the problem. But anyway, point is, um, this was, it really struck a chord and it turned into a thriving community called Catholic Creatives, which is uh, a community of, of artists and entrepreneurs and filmmakers that want to see a new renaissance take place in the church through beauty. Yeah, you say new renaissance because for so long, the Catholic Church was a patron of the arts. It was right. was the patron of the arts, at least yeah. in the West. So, yeah, yeah, you can't you can't step over history at all without studying Catholic theology because our art and our culture and our innovations were so so profoundly impactful to the world. And uh, I want to I think this this whole community shares this desire to see that um, that creativity restored to the Catholic Church. Do you still see fruits from that? Uh, that kickoff of Catholic creatives and the annual meetups and the regional meetups. Do you see fruits of that today? Absolutely. I mean, I think that one of the, the most powerful things that you can do is introduce people to each other that never would have known each other, but that um, either fall in love and have kids or uh, become business partners. <laughs> and so uh, I would say this is a, a, an evidence of that right here. I'm going to put my arm around Paul yeah. for those of you listening, because I got to tell you that I was cutting together like a promo video of speeches that I had done and a third party helped to kind of spice some stuff together and they put, would put audience shots on there. And that's when I realized I've been on the radio with Paul for a while. And here's this video of him asking me a question at a Catholic creatives. I, we can stop hold, holding each other. No, no. Uh, <laughs> asking me I a question. <laughs> and uh, I remember like when I saw this video, I called him and I said, we've talked before over microphones and you're not even, you like hid this from me. I didn't know that was you. But when no, you, no, I just was one of the many that Jeff <laughs> talked to back in the day. When you pan that audience though, mm. and I think about who wasn't in my life before that day and who is now, and I've told this to your brother too, I owe you guys so much because you did create these collision moments of relationships that are so formative, that are, that are this version of authentic fraternity where people are still continuing to create together. They're still continuing to launch businesses together. I mean, this whole thing is a creative endeavor. Even mm -hmm. if creativity looks like a pivot table, it is a place to create, to be a co-creator. And had it not been for y'all, and one of the group that I think was creating these collisions at the exact same time was Young Catholic Professionals. And when I look back at the narrative of my life, I owe you. I want to say thank you. It's incredible what you've done. I know COVID kicked uh, Catholic creatives in the hiney a little bit there and, mm -hmm. and things had to get reset. But I want you to be very, very proud of what you've created for all of us. I mean, Paul and I just held on to each other for like 30 seconds. Yeah, that, that's on, the real thing right there. On yeah. awkwardly long amount of time. <laughs> yeah. On a podcast, no less. <laughs> yeah, and we're, we keep announcing it. Yeah. 
an audio <laughs> hug. Yeah. An audio Only hug. the YouTube viewers would actually know. Yeah. <laughs> hey, if you tune into YouTube, I'll show you the clip of Paul asking me a question. <laughs> That's fair. Right? Let's tease it out a little. Touche. Yeah. Oh, man. Well, I tell you what, uh, we have a special gift for you, and then mm. we'll get to the wrap-up. But we've asked all of the Beatitudes present here today to write a poem about you, Anthony. Oh. And, um, Great. <laughs> His excitement is palpable. Since since you already beat us on the improv game, we're going to ask that you don't beat us on the poem okay. about yourself, okay? I'm, working, I'm going to work on a poem while you guys are <laughs> No, no, listen. <laughs> listen okay. to our work. <laughs> Not about me, about you guys. You literally uh, have to. That's you have fair. To cut, you have to have me back so I can share a poem uh, about you guys. The bonus, bonus episode. All right, all right, bonus, so, bonus. so listen, um, we are going to go through these. <laughs> you were writing this when I sat down. <laughs> I'm sure that was awkward. Like you're reading about yourself and you're like why I didn't, I didn't see it. why does he speak like this <laughs> he's he's uh he's speaking in iambic pentameter <laughs> he's fanboying me <laughs> in stanzas <laughs> okay uh you actually have to vote this is a okay. 76 point question and since you took the first uh competition this is really going to declare the winner for our show so uh anybody feel like they need to go first i'll go that's uh i gave you i gave you your chance anthony you ready is it I a just, haiku uh, we'll no. see. Yeah. No. <laughs> Why is that? <laughs> I just never get awesome. to press that button. Is this a Disney movie? <laughs> that was awesome. Anthony D'Ambrosio. He's one of the best bros we know. He can't be stopped by woes. Oh, no. He's a multi-layered Oreo. That's right. Colby's... <laughs> that's right. Preach. Colby's passion again burns bright. His heart triumphant in the dark of night. Stand firm, old friend. Please don't quit unto death and then beyond it. Wow. Holy. <laughs> I, can't, I, can't say I can't say that. Wow, that was amazing. Yeah. That was amazing. Yeah, you can Jeff. get further away from the mic if you want to, or you can get closer <laughs> while you praise me. Oh, that was, yeah, Jeff, that was uh, fantastic. I, 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 uh, I'm floored. Brother, I actually wrote this a couple months ago before we wow. even had this show. It's just, I just, just like, write about you. <laughs> Came out during prayer time. Holy Spirit, <laughs> man. Holy Spirit. He uh, he speaks. He speaks in poetry. He does. Paul. Yeah. Oh, okay. All right. So uh, mine's more in the uh, vein of epic poem. So it's about thirty-five pages long. Buckle but up. We're just we go. gonna we're just gonna read a stand a few stanzas though. <laughs> oh well, yes, just just a select few. excerpt. <clears throat> Anthony's a friend. You could say he's an oldie. I knew him before he was a producer for Colby. He's also quite cool. You could say he's the man. I learned years ago when we met at St. Anne. And then not much later, the, the Lord did not tarry when, he's when he called us both into the same seminary. But that wasn't our fate. No, it wasn't his directive because Anthony had to spearhead the Catholic creatives. And now he sits with us, a great Catholic bro, the one, the only, Anthony Dambro. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome, Dambro. I haven't heard that since <coughs> seminary. Right, wow. no extra points just because you're touching right now. <clears throat> you that know, they <laughs> weird thing. Do you guys know that Paul's Paul's nickname in seminary was what the was Punisher? It? The Punisher, because I would use puns, which wasn't really fair because uh, they were yeah. using the thing that they didn't like me for. <laughs> I thought but, there was uh, like some dark shadow side to Paul, like yeah, yeah, murdered a lot of people. <laughs> <laughs> he really kills a lot of jokes. puns. He kills a lot of puns. Oh. Yes, yeah. <clears throat> Mr. Besner. Okay. Well, it's, he printed it, Anthony. <laughs> it's from a spreadsheet. He <laughs> wrote it in Anthony. Excel. <laughs> yes. Yes. 
All those things are true. <laughs> and then he used a VLOOKUP table to find the best pattern. If then. I would never use VLOOKUP, by the oh, way. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah. X lookup. Wouldn't use that either. Okay. I don't know your Dude, macros. You're treading into dangerous waters, Paul. <laughs> I'm trying. I'm trying to speak his language. <laughs> I appreciate you, but you need to stop. <laughs> <clears throat> Anthony, founder of Sherwood Fellows Bright, in faith and creativity, entrepreneurship's might. Your passion to connect young Catholics soars, and Sherwood's seeds of faith, love, and life, it pours. With Colby's passion, a new film takes flight. A powerful story of selfless sacrifices might. May Sherwood's light continue to spread. Pray, let this film unite others to break bread. Oh, man! Man, wow. you just, but you plagiarized Jack Frost. Like, that was straight. Didn't you just substitute words from him? No. I no. think that you're really pulling. I think that you are like, I'm yeah, nervous. You're really nervous. <laughs> you're nervous. Yeah. Uh, I'm giving it to Nick. I'm sorry, yeah, guys. That's yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. my goodness. Way to go, Nicholas. <laughs> Woo. Wait, 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 wait. We do have applause on here. Normally, it's Paul Thank you. Thank you. Hey, Nicholas, 76 points. Congratulations. Yes. What a great start to the Anthony show. Are shows. we tied now? <laughs> yeah, so stick around for the bonus. Yeah. It all goes down in the bonus. It's a 77-point question. <laughs> oh, we got this. Just one, either one of anybody's us. Somebody's got it. Got it. Anybody, it's anybody's if game. You just add points. Just add points to it. Easy. All right? You don't understand the rules. You're too creative for rules. Yeah. <laughs> all right, Anthony, one last. Uh, how do people find you, find this film? Let's give them a rally cry and uh, take us home. Okay, Colby's. No apostrophe, just Colby's Passion.org. And that's K O L B E S. Colby's Passion.org. Yeah. All right. And uh, you're going to be on this roadshow for a little while. We're going to be hiring big name actors. We need your millions of dollars. So send them on over. Yeah. $250,000 <laughs> bills. That's it. The Undivided Life, they are investors in the project. That's right. I Nick like and I got involved. You know, <laughs> you know what you two you have in common? What you you produce films, and I'm like, sure, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I like you. <laughs> yep, Paul, wow, your I film. Didn't... What's your tell us about your film real quick? Because you there's a lot going on here. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so I did a short film called Together, and uh, it's it's basically. Um, have you seen this, Anthony? Not yet. I need I to I watch need to, it, bro. I need to show it to you. Yeah. So it's the goal with that was to. Both your, both your films make me cry. A hundred percent, tearing up in both of them. Oh, I appreciate it. No, yeah, the, the goal was just to to help people understand and kind of live through the process of grief a little better because I feel like especially over the last few years, we've all had plenty of opportunities for, for whether it was opportunities or people in our lives. I mean, we just, we have, we've all lost something with the way, you know, the virus and lockdowns and all of that. I mean, so when, when I got the chance to make this finally, it was just, all right, how does grief kind of isolate us sometimes? And then if we, if, how, how can we overcome that if we come together was, was mm. the inspiration for the, the title. You both made awesome films. Mm. Whatever we can do to support you. Additionally, we're in. Prayer is the number one. So please join me in praying for the Colby film, for Anthony's work, for the creativity of these men, for the creativity of the spreadsheets of Undivided Life. Yes. Um, <laughs> for the cables, for everything. <laughs> so uh, with that, Anthony, thanks for being here. And until next time, to all the Beatitudes, we'll see you in the Eucharist. See you in the Eucharist. Thanks for tuning in. If you'd like to join us at our undersized table, subscribe to the video version of the show on YouTube by typing at 
That's the symbol at, so shift and two on your keyboard, at the underscore Beatitudes on YouTube. We'll see you there. This podcast is part of the Spoke Street Network. For more great podcasts, visit Spokestreet.com.